praise God. Uh, praise God. So today we're going to talk about uh, the fact that God wants us to add to certain things in our lives. Amen. He's adding things for us. And uh, uh, we're all excited about the upgrade that he's giving us. And, and it rightfully so because that word goes out to us and it belongs to us. But as we understand that God is granting us privilege Granting us power, granting us release of all things into our lives, we also need to understand that there's requirement on our part not to do certain things, but to allow certain things to be done in our lives. Amen. There are certain times, perhaps, when we come to say maybe a standstill or what we might call a standstill in our walk with God, or, or we might have things that we're anticipating. Uh, waiting, uh, all of those things, that's all a part of your Christian life. You know, waiting is just a part of life. Uh, we're always aware that time is passing. Uh, we're always aware that time has gone. Amen. Every time I have a birthday, I am aware that time has a God. And where did it go? And what do I have to show for it? And so forth. And so if we'll walk with God and stick with God, we'll have... Um, a good reconciliation of how we spend our time. We won't feel that there were maybe things that God wanted for us that we didn't accomplish or things that uh, were were not um, not done because of fault of ours. And so I think if you if we stay in tune with what God's really doing with us, we'll be able to understand uh, how to um, uh, interact with him. To allow him to add things to our lives. They, they have to be added. Number one, we are destined to be conformed to the image of Christ. You're not destined to be wealthy. You're not destined to be successful necessarily. Your success comes as an out, uh, a root out of that, that conformity. So what God is doing is taking where we started off with our little seed of faith and that we confess Christ as our Savior. When you confess Christ as Savior, you do more than just make a confession that he's, he's saving you from hell at the end of your life. I mean, that's, that's the idea that's conveyed most of the time. Because most of us, when we talk to people about salvation, we talk to them about an end of life situation how many of you know when you're 13 14 20 years old 30 years old 40 years old you're not thinking about when you die so what we sell them really is an escape hatch and a fire insurance policy and not a new life and so if we can sell the new life in christ you know i mean i mean it works both ways I know preachers that preached like during uh, the 1800s and early 1900s, it was all about escaping hell. 1700s, it was about escaping hell. And I think it was because hell was real close because the lifespan then was like 50 years, 40 years, you know, that kind of stuff. As people live longer, we get to appreciate life in this realm. What, what is the Christ life like in this realm? The devil has beat us to a punch, I'll have you know, because already he has told people that the Christ life is getting slapped around 
you know, somebody slaps you on the cheek, give them the other one, getting beat up, being humble, being a little servant, being broke, being stupid, being poor, all that kind of stuff. Just reading your Bible all day long and nothing happens. But this life is far from that. Uh, it is a dynamic life and it is a world changing life. And that's the potential that the church has if we will allow the conformity to take place. If we'll allow God to do the changing and set us into a place where we are conforming to the image of Jesus Christ and understand that that is priority one in God's kingdom. Jesus said, take this yoke upon you and learn of me. It's a learning thing. Amen. God said to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his its righteousness and, and its laws and its way of living and its its discipline to a certain uh, code of living and so forth and so on. Be attentive to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you minute to minute. Live that kind of life. He said and things will be added. You look around behind you and things is there. You got your stuff. Instead of being so concerned about pursuing stuff, be concerned about the pursuit of God. I'm telling you, if when I came to Christ, I needed a friend bad. You understand what I'm saying? I didn't need things. I knew how to get out. I could work three jobs and go to school at one time. Anybody who knows me from when I wasn't saved knows that's what I did. So it was no thing for me. I had a lot of confidence that I could accomplish, you know, in the natural realm. I never felt they could make a test I couldn't pass. Yes, amen. You understand what I'm saying? And, I, and it, it was true. If I wanted to do well, I did well. If I didn't feel like messing around with that stuff, I didn't do it. But I could always find a way. I'm telling you, put money in my pocket to put get a piece of paper that says I was qualified to do something. You understand what I'm like the old time um the medicine salesman. What do you need? Huh? <laughs> Just put, put it out of your shirt and whatever it is. I had a license for that, certificate for that. I can do this. I can do that. So it was no problem. I wasn't looking for things from God. But I was looking for relief from myself. I thought it was from my problems and my husband, but I was looking for relief from myself. And so when you understand that you are your own worst enemy and Jesus is your own best friend, then you can flow in easily into the Christ life. It's, it's a privilege for me to be able to let all that go and step into what God, I don't care what he has for me. Make peanut butter sandwiches. That was going to be my first ministry. And on my way to peanut making peanut butter sandwiches, the Lord said, no, I don't want you to go there. I want you to go do this. And he put me in ministry. You understand? Well, I had been at home reading my Bible for five years without religious people telling me that what I was reading was not going to work for me. So then Jesus became my best friend. My husband and I hated each other. Well, I don't really hate him, but, you know, we'd had problems. You know, I didn't have nobody. You know, when you're grown and you're on your own and, and you're, you, you expect to live a life independent, you know, of your nuclear family, you don't go back. You keep going forward. And so I had the opportunity to keep going forward in Christ, but I began to understand there were some things in me that were not adjusted quite right. 
There were some things I didn't understand. There were some things I needed to be disciplined to. There were some things I needed God's help for me to accept. And so I began to look differently at Christianity. I said, this ain't just about getting out of hell. This is about what am I going to do between here and hell. You understand what I'm saying? And so it began, it became my desire to find out what this life was really all about. God, why did you put me here? What am I doing here? Am I doing the right thing with my time? Am I spending everything that I have correctly in you? How much time do I have, God? I don't have time to waste time. I found that out very quickly. And I see people, Christians, just go through these phases of don't want to come to church and dragging in and dragging out and, uh, you know, all this self Hatred is what it is. You didn't tap back into that old man of hating yourself. I don't care. I don't care if y'all. I don't care. I don't care. See, because if you love Jesus and your mind is stayed on him, you can look at this life and say, what am I upset about? (laughs) Bills? Seriously? I tell you one thing, when you die, they ain't going to put no bills in your coffin. They don't translate with you. Huh? Things, mortgage, house, beautiful things, they don't go with you. There was an old joke that went, went around when I was a new Christian. And there was a man that kept begging Jesus. He knew he was going to heaven. He kept begging the Lord. He said, can I bring something with me? Can, can I bring something with me? Please, Jesus, love me. He said, oh, okay, I'll let you bring it, whatever it is. Of course, that's not true. You know that. I'll let you bring it. And he had this gold bar. And he brought it up to the gate of heaven. And, and everybody looked at him. And he was so happy he could bring that with him. And, and one of the angels said, why would he bring pavement? Well, the streets of heaven are paved with gold. You understand what I'm saying? Even the best this earth has to offer does not compare with the glory that God has prepared for his people, not only over there, but in this life too. The glory of God rests on his church. Amen. It rests on us and it rests on us mightily, mightily. Amen. And it's increasing. And that's why I'm preaching to you about staying close to God. Staying with conforming to the image of Christ. Get your head out of you. Get your head out of hatred. Get your head out of being bored. Get your head out of being disappointed because you don't have this yet. And you don't have that yet. Suppose this is as good as it gets. If, if you've got Jesus, if this is as good as it gets, is, is this okay? I mean, can you die happy if this is what you have? Or are we going to continue to struggle and strive for things and more things and more this and more that? And yeah, they don't like me at my job and I can't get ahead. Come on now. Jesus sings lullabies to his beloved. I see people say they can't sleep at night. You know, just talk to God. You'll hear a song coming up in you and it's so peaceful. And it's so calm. He knows everything you need. He'll take care of everything you need. It, it's, it's a miraculous life. Now I tapped into it out of desperation. Because I was hurt. I was 
pained and I was about to be divorced. You know, and God transformed me. He began the transformation. I'm not complete even now. But he began transforming me. And he started to put a joy in me that when I would want to be depressed, it would start to bubble up. And I would start to laugh. You understand what I'm saying? I laugh at stuff now because I'm thinking to myself, listen, if Jesus comes real soon, we'd be out of here and maybe by tonight. And all this is ashes. You understand what I'm saying? Let the sinners and the snakes worry about it. You understand me? Uh, don't take yourself so seriously. Please. Uh, you know, uh, learn how to be joyful. Learn how to uh, have, have, have a, a spirit in you that nourishes you and refreshes you and overflows to refresh and nourish other people. You know, if, if they'll let it happen. And it's no effort. It's just all by the spirit where you can release yourself. To the fruit that God has for you to enjoy. Amen. You know, people in, in, uh, uh, you know, these religious people always thinking, you know, oh, I mean, I'm a vegan. I'm a vegan. Uh, like, you know, I say, I am too. I live off the fruit of the Spirit. You know, like that's putting you somewhere. I, I'm higher than that. I'm drunk all the time in the Holy Ghost with the joy of the Lord. Are you kidding me? I care less about. And I used to be a, a bad drinker. <laughs> you know, alcoholic type chick. You know, I drank a lot. Too much. But once God came in and filled me with his real joy, real wine. See, like he told a woman at the well, he said, this, this water I'm giving you, you never get thirsty again. Huh? Because it's in you, it's a spring welling up into everlasting life. Which means it pours out and spills out on everybody else you get around. Amen? And, and when we, when we share Christ, that's what that's talking about. That the, the Spirit of God welling up inside of us, it's a wellspring of everlasting life. So you don't have any lack? Are you kidding me? All you got to do is prime the pump. If that. Sometimes you can put on your little favorite, favorite praise song or, you know, some, some worship music or, or a prophecy or something like that. Something that speaks to your heart and elevates you and, and makes you touch heaven and makes you come close to God and talk to God. I mean, he is your best friend. There's no, no reason for anybody to walk in the house of God looking sour. Looking uh, all deep and huh? There's no reason for this. Come on now. Suppose some poor sinner saw you on in on the way to church, and what's that gonna look like for us? I'll stick my head out there and say, "No, nah, they don't represent me. I'm just real sorry." We gonna get them straight once they get in here, but that thing that they carry, they don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Waste your and then you'll look back years from now and say, I wasted all my young years being angry about nothing. And I had God living on the inside of me, able to give me everything that I need. You need for your spirit more than you need for things. People need to get off that trip. Huh? 
All you hear with prophets now is personal prophecies about what you're going to get. And then when people don't get it, they mad at you and don't want to see you no more. Makes no sense whatsoever. Huh? Trying to help people and they mad because they don't even believe what you're telling them. You know, when you come to the altar, stand before a servant of God, take your faith out your pocket. You know, people stand up there all poker-faced and bizarre-eyed. Huh? <laughs> I'm ready to hear about prophecy. Oh, you ain't ready or nothing. I need to slap that crazy off you first. Get you... <laughs> I got nothing for you today, boo, okay? You ain't getting nothing here. You straighten up and put some faith out here so we can. You got to come in faith. You come trying to work somebody and make them prove to you they didn't heard from God for you. Are you kidding me? You got a Bible at home. Here for yourself. Now let's get sober here, folks. We only here for a short time. <laughs> Me shorter than all of y'all, so let's just buck up, children, huh? Let's get it together, cause you can do this. Jesus has already done all the heavy lifting. He's done all the work that's needed to be done. My goodness, show some appreciation. Say, God, I willingly submit to Your will. I willingly. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me, huh? Don't get too wise in your own eyes. Don't get too secure in what this world offers. Because God will do you a favor one day and snatch it away from you. Hey! Huh? Be the biggest favor you ever had happen to you. Happened to me. Huh? Before I could look up to God, I had to have everything taken away from me. Even my mind. So don't get there. Your blood bought, start acting like it. You don't have to go there. Because I didn't know the Lord. But listen, if it's between you conforming to the image of Christ and losing everything materially that you own, the decision is real easy for God. He'd rather save your soul and have you enter into heaven fully the way he wants you to than to stay here and think you're enjoying yourself. With the deceitfulness of riches. So, Second Peter, chapter one. We shall get into the text. That was just the intro. Amen. Get intro, outro. Ah, uh, but it's true. We're here for more than just some kind of adornment, going through this earth, trying to amass as many prophecies and as many things as we can. It's nonsense. Isn't your life worth more than that? About more than that than what Jesus said? No. It's about more than food and clothes, what you eat, drink, and wear. Hmm? So, Second Peter chapter 1 says, Simon Peter, a servant, 1 verse 1, servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to them who have obtained like precious faith. That's all of us. We have like precious, precious Precious faith. The faith that God, it's precious because look what it cost God. 
It's precious because look what it provides for us. This isn't a cheap uh, faith. That it, This isn't like a Muslim faith. And it's not, you know, something that they can just make up and go lay on a rug somewhere and feel like they've done something. This is a precious faith that God made sure was handed down to his people generation. He preserved it for us. And so that's what makes it precious. What what had to, to what people had to go through, what God himself had to go through to deliver this to us makes it precious. And he says, faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How? Through the knowledge of God. So the grace that that God puts into your life and the peacefulness that you walk in throughout your days is multiplied through the knowledge of God. So we're going to talk about that knowledge and how it's an add-to situation in every situation. Let me tell you why the add-to is here in the Bible. Because there is something about a touch from God, a revelation from God, uh, a you know, God uses you, God shows up in your situation, all of that stuff. There is something about that that makes you think that you've got the the holy grail now you got everything because it comes into your life with such an impact that it can shake up your entire being totally rearrange your your outlook what you're expecting it can revolutionize your life in in many many ways and there's a tendency when God touches us or imparts something to us to feel like we have it all because there is a completeness that comes to you and and people will, this is how people start denominations and they start fights over doctrine and over revelation. Because they'll say, oh, we got it now. We got the answer. We got, and they'll have just one part and one fragment of revelation. People used to think that once God talked to you, that was it. You could sell the farm. You can go retire. You could, because you got it all now. And you see it throughout the ages where people will build a fence around their little pocket of revelation and to protect it and then defend it like there's nothing more coming. But see, when God started releasing prophets into the earth of old, they began to see that God had a lot more to say than he said the last time. So then you get mad at God because he keeps talking. Well, God, we thought we had it all. Why you come up with this now? You got you to get us our attention again. You want more of our time. You want more of our this. That's humanity. Human beings have always done it. Human beings do it now. We want to just take what we know and run with it and never go back to God for an adjustment, for an add to, for something more. We don't like to think that we are yet lacking in anything. We get offended when people tell us we need to fix things, correct things, something needs adjusting, something's not quite right. Even in our own lives, when we are allowing God to bring blessings into our life, if they're held up or hindered, we'll kind of like wonder if it's us, but we don't really want to know. Huh? It's like that little box you, you know, say like, this is your box and this is your lid. And you 
It is nothing there. All it is is God is saying, come here. Let me talk to you. Can I straighten something out, please? I got something else for you. You don't have it all. So there's an add to I want to do in your life. The add to is always scheduled by God to complete us. It's already scheduled by God to help us. It's already many times we're waiting on an answer of prayer. We need to go to him and get our add to. So we can strengthen what we have. Because what you have is incomplete. Even people who talk faith and preach faith. And this is the problem with revelation. Especially revelation that comes from God and revelation that works. People will treat it like it is God. And we do that with every revelation that when salvation came out. Who went and grabbed it? Well, first, you know, it was the Methodists, Presbyterians, all those other. But the Baptists got it and made a God out of it. So then salvation is all that there is. We got it. We don't. Oh, we heard from God. You've got to be saved. John 3.16. You know, all that kind of stuff. And everybody's got to be saved. You've got to confess Christ. And once everybody got saved... Then you got a house full of saved people and they don't know what to do with their salvation. Why? Because you already told them tongues is of the devil. You already told them salvation is everything. So you got people here you can't move them forward and move them back. So what do they do? They pick at each other and take your salvation away from you or put it in question the first time you sin. They don't understand that God is a God that adds to. He's always adding to. You've never got it all. You've never got it. You know, if you can pay your bills, praise God. But listen, God is so much more than paying your bills. He's so much more. When we talk abundance, we're not talking about. Listen, when I look at abundance, I look at the outpour of the Spirit. I'm looking at more of the anointing. To, to, you know, we, you know, the people we walk past all the time because they scare us because they scare themselves and they scare everybody. There's an anointing that will cause them to be drawn to you and want what you have. See, that's to me, that's abundance. There's not enough of that. And see, if we shut the door to that because we're opening the door to material things that are going to be left here, that soul could go to heaven if we get it together. If we let God add things to us, I won't even ask when's the last time most of us led somebody to the Lord. Don't pray about it. You know, if if they somehow make it to us, they're all dry and withered up, you know. I'm guilty too. I need to add to you understand what I know? I'm not condemning you. I'm not telling you anything I don't tell myself. But I need to add to. I want that where it's easy to pray. It's easy to remind myself day in and day out to pray for souls. It's easy to remind myself to live in that realm with God where it's easier because the fight is hard. To get yourself the discipline that you need to flip over in that on a continual basis. Because you're so busy confessing for your hurt knee and your hurt head and your kids that don't want to act right. And all, you know, I mean, come on now. we got to do something here to get God to move a little more fluidly through us and in our midst. We need an upgrade. <laughs> Real bad. So the upgrades the add to. You got me? 
He's got to add things to what we already have. He's got to impart something else to us. The, the glories here, it's, it's, it's coming toward us. And I know it is. But I've got to get my mind right to understand how to work in it. <laughs> you know, you pray for stuff, and when it shows up, you go, oh, really? <laughs> like, oh. Oops, sorry. This, this is what it was? This is what it really looks like? Huh? All you women who are single, your husband might show up and go, seriously? <laughs> oh, okay. Got to take this home with me? Huh? What? Huh? Seriously. We need to have some transformation inside <laughs> to make it easier for us to see what God's doing, embrace it, and walk in with it, and walk into it, and work with it. You know, just, you don't need to pray about it. Three or four months, 15 months, and long engagement. You know, you can be like Daisy May, little Abner. I don't know if y'all know who them people are, but anyways. Them, them mountain girls. Paul, he the one! And you just run and grab him by the ankles and throw him over your shoulder and take him out. You see? You need that kind of anointing in your life. I'm serious. You need a lot of this. You know, y'all wasn't raised Duggar, okay? I realize that. So we, we can't go that. That ain't our example. We can't go that route. But we can go, we can go a different route. He's got to show you. we got to add too. So in First Peter chapter uh, 1, through the knowledge of Jesus Christ, verse 2, verse 3, according as his divine power but you need working all the time. You don't need your ideas, schemes, plans, another YouTube video. Uh-huh. If I watch one more Canadian on YouTube tearing something up and saying he's fixing it. Oh, that part didn't go there, eh? No, eh, it didn't. I've been watching you for 30 minutes. You tell me this part don't go here. Huh? I love Canadians. God bless them, but they bad on YouTube. Huh? When a word of wisdom will do the same thing. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes availability of information makes it a little more challenging us to challenging for us to find what we need. Because you can sift through a lot of misinformation looking for something that's going to help you. So his divine power, the Bible says, does this. Has given unto us a few things. Mm-hmm. Everything. His divine, everything that we need for life and godliness is wrapped up in, in the Holy Spirit. His divine power. The Holy Spirit has gifts. We know nine gifts of the Spirit, nine fruit of the Spirit. In the Old Testament, the Old Testament priest had a robe that he wore when he went inside the temple to minister. And on that robe and the hem of it 
were alternating pomegranates and bells. Pomegranate represents fruit and the bell represents a gift. Gifts always make you stand out. They always make noise. They always are prominent. And so he walked around and jingled the whole time he was in the temple. But when God had the alternating pomegranates and fruit, now the fact that they alternate means something. Not just it wasn't just for pretty, you got me? But or they could have had two layers on the hem and had the bells on the top and the pomegranates on the bottom, if there was an order to them, or vice versa. Making the fruit more important than the gift, or the gift more important than the fruit. But they alternate. That means they're equally important. So the gifts of the Spirit alternate with the fruit of the Spirit. So if God gives you the gift of prophecy, he will often give you a fruit to make that gift acceptable in your spirit, to make your spirit accept and to to make you conform more to the image of Christ so that you have the maturity to handle the gift without it going to your head. And without you trying to make, uh, 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 putting God in a lesser position, he's owning the gifts all along. You got me? Every, every time, and I know for a fact when we have prophetic worship, God wants to speak to people. I know he wants to speak to people. But I can tell you right now, when I'm sitting there, I'm, God, do you want to say something? What if you don't want to say something? I'm going to be embarrassed, God. I'm going to be, you know, oh, it's all about me. So then I've got to get me out of it to where I don't care. God, if you don't say anything, it's okay. <laughs> I'm lying to my, I go through this is what I'm doing sitting there all the whole time. I would love to enjoy the praise and worship. I can't do it for trying to grab God. God, let me grab you. Huh? He always shows up. You know, he always shows <laughs> So one day he mailed a de- made a deal with me. He said, well, Barb, you know, if I don't give you anything hot. He said, you could always exhort the people with the word. Huh? In other words, I'll get you off the hook. <laughs> I care about you looking bad. No, you know, whatever. But it just takes so much for us to get us out of it. So he has to add to in my life. He's got to add something of his character to me so that I don't go haywire and get up there and start making up stuff just to please the people. Now that's a line I do refuse to cross. I'm not going to, you know, I'm, thank God he's added enough so I don't go there. You understand what I'm saying? But God's got so much to say, that's the other side of the coin. He's like, Do you think I'm ever out of messages for my people? Do you think I ever don't want to talk to them? See, when you put you in it, you're a hot mess, boo. Huh? And so when I start saying these things in my mind, I'm going, help me relax. Just peace, 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 peace. Or I get up and mess around in the kitchen, which they hate to see me coming. Huh? Oh, here she comes to the kitchen. What does she want now? I hope I've got the tomatoes lined up correctly. 
Uh-huh. I'm just trying to keep body, soul, and spirit together, y'all. Y'all just don't realize. <laughs> it's a little tough sometimes. You understand? Let's be careful out there. It's tough. <laughs> it's a little hard. And, and so, you know, these things are, you know, or sometimes if I'm too wound up, I start blurting stuff out. And I say, God, I need to go and be by myself. There's no place to be by myself. You know, you want to go sit in a hot car and get away from people. And just, just God, God, can my mind get back right? My mind's not right. I'm in heaven with you, Jesus. Do you understand? Wired. I wonder if men go through this too. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Anywho. But, you know, it's, it's, you need to add to. I need something. You know, I don't know about you, but I do too. I need something. Huh? Hi, Lord. Help us, Jesus. We need you. We love you. So, so he says, we have everything that pertains to life and godliness. So, this will help you when you're wondering what's wrong while your prayer is not answered yet. You have everything. Huh? You have everything that pertains to life and godliness. So you can't say there's sin in your life because you have everything that pertains to godliness. You can't say that God doesn't want you to have money in abundance and pay your bills and and have a savings and have security in the natural and so forth and so on um, because you have everything. What we need to do is understand how to put the everything together so that it begins to produce on a regular basis, all things that we need. And so if we'll start focusing on the add to things, God, there's something I need added to. And, and it's not something you can produce, so don't sweat it. It's not something that's going to be hard for you to do, so don't sweat it. It's not something that's going to take you 15 hours of prayer and fasting, so don't sweat it. It's something that God has prepared for you that you yield to that's added to what you already have. And so if God has these things for us, then we should be anxious, willing, and and happy to engage with God so that he can begin to perfect us and do what he wants to do. So he says that, that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to what? Glory and virtue. He's called us to himself. He's called us to live in the realm of the spirit. That's glory. He's called us to abide with him, to be with him at all times, to not be over here trying to do things in our own strength, but to be in him at all times, allowing him to nurture us and feed us, strengthen us, to be a companion with us, to help us to understand who we are and that we're okay, you know. He's not here. Why would God reveal our faults only and leave us stuck with them to fix up? God, I know I'm lacking over here. Can you help me? That's really your prayer. Uh, You've given me everything pertaining to life and godliness. I just need to know how to put all the pieces together. So they fit into my life. 
so that I can be more pleasing to you, so that I can be more effective with you, so that I can be more of what you want me to be in this earth. I want to please you, God. You're going to have to please somebody. Most of the strife that comes between people is because they don't please each other. But God says, if your ways please me, I'll cause everybody to be at peace with you. Huh? If, if they don't just love you and like you, they'll at least not be picking at you and making things hard for you. So he will cause even your enemies to be at peace with you if your ways please him. How do your ways please him? Just roll with it. Just roll with the Holy Spirit. Huh? Just walk with the Spirit of God. Just, God, I don't know where you are right now. I just feel out of sorts. Can you help me? Go find you a familiar scripture that always helps you to get back to that peace with God. It says he'll keep you in perfect peace. His mind is stayed on his word. When he says, and you just can't think Jesus, 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 but you can meditate on his word. That word will bring you peace at all times. And so if you will do that, perfect peace, you know what the difference is between perfect and man-made? Perfect peace cannot be disturbed. You can't even disturb yourself with perfect peace. You know, sometimes you ever get to the point where you, you know you, you change somehow. You said, you know, when people used to do that, I used to get really upset when if, if something like this happens. But... I'm shocked at how peaceful I am. You got me? And and so if if we'll if we'll understand we have everything already. You don't have to fast for God to give you nothing. Maybe you gotta fast for you to step into it. But it's there for you. Oh, and another thing, uh doctor know it all. You don't uh diagnose your own case. Don't go to God and say, Oh God I I need so-and-so. And you don't know what you need. You need to go take a chill pill, sweetheart. Just go sit and get in your word until you feel better. Remember them days? We used to do that continually. Then we got mature. So this is word to all mature people. You need an add to. You don't always need an add to. So he says here, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That's what we all live for, is for the promises of God. What keeps you coming back is that God has told you something that you believe that you know is going to be good for you. So these are precious promises, exceeding great and precious promises. So that these go beyond what your little imagination could imagine. And they go beyond what what you think is important in life. See, this flows over into the realm of glory. So that's what makes them exceeding great and precious. Eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered into your heart. The things God has prepared for you. Huh? You just know part of it. If he showed it all to you, you'd be a little nerve sitting over in that corner quivering day and night. Huh? Where's my forward theme? Huh? Uh, where's my volume? So that's why he don't want to put you all in the hospital. 
That's why he don't show you everything. And especially, oh, women, I don't want to get down on us, but I'm one. Huh? There you go. What are we having for, for dinner now? What cooked your favorite? And the husband goes, uh-oh. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> I said, brace yourself. <laughs> After you've been married so long, you don't play the games. You're just like, hey, it's out in the open. Okay, you cook this. What do you want? Huh? Oh, y'all don't cook. I forgot. I'm dating myself. Golden Arches tonight. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. But you know it is. We want to butter God up and make sure that he knows that we love him and know this, know that, huh? Well, that's why he gives us the promises. Because they're already locked up in glory. And in order to get them out, you got to conform to the image of Christ. Amen. Huh? This ain't no stick up. Huh? People don't get stuck up no more. You understand? Well, it's, it's not easy to just rob people. You see that lady? Uh, I love that sister. Her two babies in the back seat and she pumping gas. That dude jumped in the front seat, thought he was going to drive out with her babies in there. That sister did a dive in the back window, leaned over there and got in the glove compartment and blew his face in. Ain't nobody getting stuck up no more. Huh? She said, oh, not today. Huh? People, I saw some videos. You know, people always got their cameras out. <laughs> people ain't no good. Ain't nobody helping her. But they didn't film the whole thing. She walking around with her baby on her shoulder. Yeah, here it is. Game. <laughs> they didn't care. She cared. A concealed carry permit. Huh? Justifiable. We got. We got the perpetrator. She wasn't worried about no DA. She wasn't worried about no bail bonds. She wasn't worried about just getting her babies back. And he wasn't taking them today. It ain't so easy to stick God up either. Understand what I'm saying? He is going to take us through the process of the add to because we need it. We need the add to more than we need what he promises us outside of that. See, the add to is a promise, but, but you know, this, it's, it's something we don't focus on. He gives us promises to make us eager to receive from him so then he can get us over here in the cooker and, and then change our divine nature. Add two. So that we're more like Christ. That we're more trustworthy with spiritual things. We're more knowledgeable about spiritual things. We need to know. There are things that I desperately want to know about working in the glory of God and in the, in the power of God. Uh, to a to to an extreme. I'm going to give you an example. Yesterday, Miss Donna came up for prayer, and and Miss Donna's a receiver. She's just real easy to receive. Some people are more than others, and so. But she couldn't even come up to where I was standing. She kept backing up because the power of God was so strong. I wasn't sure what she needed, 
And so I reassured her when she tried it a couple times and I saw it was God working on her. But I still had to ask her what she wanted to to be sure that she was getting what she needed to get her answer from God. You understand? I want to bypass that. I want to know immediately what God's doing. You understand what I'm saying when he's working. So so I need to add to. You got me? Uh, I'm not crazy enough to just start playing around with the power of God. We went through that when we were young and didn't know. Okay? So we're growing up from there. Amen? And so I want to know how to work with that. Amen? You know, I've had that impartation given to me over 20 years ago. I don't do it very often. Because it's not to be played with, and I know that. See, I know that's more than what we do when we lay hands on people. So, and, and it's taken 20 years for God to bring it up back in enough of a measure for me to start trying to study it and understand it. And I'm going to get it. God helps me to do it. I'm going to get as much as I can understanding how to work with the extreme power of the Holy Spirit. So that when y'all sing, you don't, we don't need no preacher, that'll be true. Huh? Not because y'all want to get rid of me. I don't, don't want to hear her fuss at us again today. But it's because we won't. Because we'll be so attuned to what the Spirit of God is doing. And see, it's not like he's leaving us out. Because he will give you a word of knowledge to explain what's going on in the midst. This is that. You got me? And so when we talk about conforming to the image of Christ, it's so that we can handle the power of God, so we can, through knowledge and virtue, stay in the glory realm that he has called us to. So he's given us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be a partaker of the divine nature. Not the gifts, but this is the pomegranate. This is not the bell, this is the pomegranate. This is the fruit and the character of Christ. That will rest upon you when you allow the Spirit of God to impart these things to you. There are different types of impartations. You know, we all want power and that's wonderful, but what are you going to do with it? Huh? You need knowledge to go along with it. So long we have desired the things of God, but not the knowledge of God. To learn the application of it so that you're least intelligent about it. You know you know what's going on. The Holy Spirit is is wonderful, kind and loving and generous. He wants to, you know, mix with us. He wants to intermingle with us. But we got to have respect for the Son to get the word so we know what the Holy Spirit's doing. You know, the Holy Spirit is 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 Somebody that you can work with. He's like a good dance partner, you know. Uh, that when I was younger, you know, there were kids that were known to be wonderful dancers. And they could dance with almost anybody. And that's where the Holy Spirit is. He's a wonderful dancer. He can dance with you. He can grab you, take your hands, get your words right, and you can pray for somebody and they receive their healing. But you need to go beyond that. You can't just live from one great experience to the next. He has to be able to fill you with knowledge and understanding, visit you on those times when nobody needs anything, so that he can work with you and get you to understand what he's doing and how he does it. 
I remember years ago we would have, you know, demonstrations of the power of the Holy Spirit. We've done all these things. We're not going to go through it again. Or we would have kids come up. You know, I remember when Ma was little then and, and Nola's kids and I'd have them all lay hands on each other. Boop, 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 boop. They lay hands on grown-ups because the power was there. Is the understanding there? Got me? So you got to sit and get the understanding. See? That stuff will come back. You know, you kids, I know they're grown. They think they got it going on, but they're on a short leash. And God's going to bring them back for the ad, too. He's going to get them cornered somewhere where they really cry out to God, and he'll start doing the ad, too. You trust him. Trust him. He's going to do it. huh? He's going to do it. So, it says here, You might be partakers of the divine nature. Because God's done something wonderful for you. You have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Oh God, I still want stuff. Yeah, but you ain't as bad as you used to be. Huh? You look at people in the world and see what they're doing now. Huh? You have people marching in the streets with no clothes on. It used to just be the gay pride parade and it was a handful of them. But now it's everybody. People are, are acting like animals. They are very depraved in their thinking. They don't think. See, this is the result of taking God out of the public square and telling God we don't want you. Don't fall into that trap. See, it's okay. for See, people in the world are God-less people. And... People in the church are getting less and less of God themselves. See, we don't value the secret place. We don't value, you know, we just want everybody to be out uh, performing, jumping up, the little Jesus jumping bean people, you know, and the, the music people. Boom, 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 boom. And we think that's worship. There's nothing to do with God. It's a man-made thing to entertain people, keep them in, and think they've got God. Huh? It was so funny. Uh, Todd White, you know the guy, the huh? and uh, <clears throat> he um, said he was out ministering, and you know, on the street, came to a homeless guy, and and he told, went up to him, gave him his standard line. This is. This is what what happens when you have a line. Instead of the word of knowledge for the Holy Spirit. They'll tell you what people need. And draw you to the right person. And so this, he told this man, he said, did you know God loves you? He said, yeah. He said, but do you know God loves you? And the man start to minister to him. <laughs> See? He need to go back in his closet and get the add to. See, you need something added to your faith. See, we think faith is everything. We've been told faith is everything. All you need is faith. But James made a backup off of that because he said faith without works is dead. Oh, really? I thought all we needed was faith. If it's sitting there not doing anything... Don't put your faith in your pocket when you come to the house of God. Huh? Get your faith out. 
Have it out at all times. Don't put it away. So he says, you've escaped, folks. So now that you've escaped, what did you escape for? Just so God can do you a little favor and help you out here and there. We don't even know what we've really escaped, many of us. Because we didn't come into close contact with anything devastating, you know, in our walk. Some disappointments, but then God started to restore. You got me? So it's not like, say, somebody is a Christian in, in Vietnam or North Korea or some of the places that we, we pray for and we read about. It's, it's, but it's different. It's something that's more subtle here. And it's something that ensnares and entraps many people. And if we are going to overcome and to be victorious and successful, then we are going to have to learn how to let God continue to fill our spirits with more of him, correct some things, wipe some slates clean, start over again in some things, dismantle some stuff. Then we say dismantle. Everybody's holding on to the pocketbook. Don't take my favorite credit card. God is calling us to more folks he's always calling us to more come up a little higher come a little closer let me get to know you let me get to help you with some of these things it says and besides this giving all diligence all diligence so this should be your main business your main business is the add to seeking more of God. Seeking more that you can see in peace in your life, in knowledge and revelation, in freeing you up, free up some of your busyness. So you can, we should long be beyond the point of thinking about where we're going next when we come to church. You should know better than that. Because all you're doing is robbing yourself of what's here in the here and now. Ten minutes from now is not really promised to you unless God has assured you that he's going to be with you in that. You understand what I'm saying? And so we have to be ever careful about staying engaged with God while we are engaged. It's not going to kill you to give God your full focus while you're in the house of God. You'll get to the next place. I remember there was a woman, she's a real solid woman in God, an anointed woman, very powerful when she preached. And she was in the pulpit preaching, and she was, uh, she's one of those people, uh, I'm not sure what, what deny, she might be Kojic or Church of God, but she'll kneel at the altar when they come in before they pray, I mean before they preach, always kneel down. You know, and pray right in front of everybody before they, very respectful of God. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not making light of it at all because I respect that. Because there's something there that connects her with God and you see the result of it when she preached. And so she's a respectful of God person. But while she was talking, she was saying that she had an engagement to go somewhere Tomorrow, and she was saying too much about it, and she must have felt the power of God wane or the spirit of God. He wasn't pleased with that. And she said, oh, I apologize. 
She said, I shouldn't have gone on about something else I'm going to do. God called me here for right now. She said, I'm sorry, Lord. She said, that's not even promised to me. She said, I don't get promised that until I complete this. You got me? You know, you pay attention to things. They'll teach you a lot about godly manners, teach you a lot about stay focused on where you are right now, get what you can get from God in this place where you are now, expect more from God to be deposited in you when you have these opportunities in the now, and then don't worry about what you're going to do in another hour, go spend some money and waste some time. You got me? Don't get so excited about because it, it ain't really promised to you until you uh, please God in the place where you are now. And that's not a bad confession. That's just right. There are a lot of people that walk close to God and love God and can make one foolish mistake and wind up someplace else. And so we always have to be aware that we belong to God and we must please him in order to get to the next step of where we're going and what we're doing. He says, beside this giving all diligence, all diligence, this is what your main business is about, to add to your faith virtue. Add to your faith virtue. That word virtue actually means moral excellence. We could all get better about not slipping up and saying stupid things. We can all get better about staying in the realm of the spirit of respect, of love, of joyfulness, being pleasant, being mindful of other people, serving, building one another up. We can all, that's moral excellence. Where you know that there's a flesh that still craves to get attention. You know that there's a flesh that still wants to condemn you and everybody else. You know that there's a flesh that wants to mock and make fun. And so you stay with moral excellence. And that doesn't mean you're a sourpuss and you can't smile. But get something real to smile about. Smile about God beating up the devil on your behalf. Smile about the fact that you're not going to hell after all, huh? Smile about the fact (laughs) that you still believe in God for a husband or a wife, huh? Smile about that fact. Say, devil, I got a secret you don't know. God's got my stuff stored up for me, and he is releasing it to me even now. Get out the way. Smile about the right thing. So if you add virtue to your faith, moral excellence, man, that will be an all-day proposition. Always thinking, God, how can I be more like you? How can I be more perfected in your love? How can I be more? Got me? So God is calling us to do more and to receive more. We always think more is material. You need to quit being so carnal-minded. Amen? I don't know about you, but I need peace all the time. I need it all the time. Huh? All the time. God's restoration in us calls for us to conform more to the image of Christ. This is to have more of his fruit. More of his power. More of his desire to help people. And you know, when's the last time you asked God to make an opportunity for you to help somebody? Just help them. Just help them. Not try to be... Not to be all whoopty whoopty, 
but to just be a help to somebody. Go sit with somebody. Call somebody. Text somebody. Give them, give them a scripture. Give them something. Tell them I'm praying for you. Do they need prayer? God put it on my heart to get in touch with the right person to pray for them so that they can be encouraged today. I want to be the person that encourages somebody when they walk away from a conversation to me, they feel better. Huh? They don't have to work so hard to get me to respond. Help me be spontaneous, Lord. Help me to be the person that is going to, by your spirit, be Christ-like in their midst. You know, Jesus didn't have to print flyers. He didn't have to announce himself. He just moved. And the whole city moved with him. Huh? He has something that attracted people. Huh? Many times we can't draw flies huh? on a hot day. Sit next to a garbage can. Need I go farther? But you understand what I'm saying. We get in that attitude. Don't talk to me. I don't want to talk to nobody. I'm special. Religion will tell us that we have arrived. Oh, you do enough. Oh, you're in church long enough. Oh, you don't need to go this day because, you know, you went the last time. Well, I know I went one time. That's R-E-L-I-G-I-O-N. It's not the devil necessarily. It's a religious spirit, but it's a religious mindset. Religion sets up for you what you do for God instead of letting you let God do it. And the bar is usually very low or very high. Religion will tell you, oh, you're not doing enough. Then you get on this fit of, I got to go do something. You know, let me go feed somebody. Let me go. Buy some more books that you don't read. (laughs) Download the free prophecy. Sheep's gate. No, I'm not going to go there. It's all free for everybody. Hey, at this day, we can't fight no more. You understand what I'm saying? We're going to have to use our faith for the dollars. You know, preachers for a long time would find somebody to peddle their books, and they didn't have to use their faith to sell books. They just hired people to sell them for them. But now we all got to use our faith because everybody can download something for free. Everybody can get some music for free. Everything's free anymore. How dare the gospel be free? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So now we got to use our faith for our money. But for real, though. Well, it's hit everybody. That's why mega churches close. They've been selling everything. See, they laugh at people like us because we sell food and dinners, but they're selling books. Oh, that's more dignified, right? You see what's in them books? R E L I G I O N. Because spiritual food, you got to pay a price to get it. And I'm talking about beyond the nine ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine, whatever. Huh? 
And if they had really good revelation, they wouldn't tell nobody because that's the kind of people they are. So that's why they're always peddling more religion. Oh, you have greatness in you. Tell me how to get it out. Huh? I got greatness. So you got greatness. All God's children got greatness. Huh? Tell me how to get it out. Teaspoon of revelation or no revelation. I've heard ministers praying in tongues from their minds and then interpreting it like they got a real prophecy. You got me? It's all over the place. We got religious antics all over the place. That's why you need to get with God yourself and get your ad too. See, your ad too will tell you the difference. Your ad too will keep you out of the devil's trough feeding there on nonsense. Then five years down the the line after you sober up, you know, (laughs) you come in here and I slap the, the, the drunk off of you. Huh? And you sober up and you realize it's been debunked. Everybody was fooled by that. There is such deception in the world, folks. It's scary. The witchcraft intensity is horrendous. And people believe lies. Pollsters believe lies. They printed lies. And people believe those lies. And they still believe, and they're still hurt from that. That they were lied to and deceived. You understand me? So lies are very powerful with people who are deceived. So you got to stay in your group. you got to stay in your camp. you got to stay in your class so that you don't get involved in that. you got to get your ad to so that you stay out of deception. And you can't go drinking over in that Kool-Aid. You understand me? You can't afford to, Christian. If you're going to stay saved and you're going to stay close to God, you need some add-tos that will give you discernment. You need some add-tos that will tell you, God, there's got to be a prophet of God somewhere telling the truth about this so that we can know truth. Why do you think we have been praying for 30 years to release the voice of the prophets? And we're not asking for nobody false. We want the truth. Now, you know, in every herd of true, there's some false going along for the ride. So that's where your add to comes in. When God adds moral excellence and virtue to you, you don't want anything but what proceeds from the mouth of God. You don't want anything that doesn't line up with the will of God. You don't want any pollution in your little drink. You don't want it spiked with something that's going to make your flesh feel good for a minute. And then down the road there's poison in your life somewhere that you can't get out because you've got a mixture in there. So moral excellence will cause you to discern, even on the fine lines, what's God and what's not. No, I don't believe that. I'm not going to sit there and listen to that. I don't want to hear any of that, because that is dark to me. Your moral excellence, you don't say yes to everybody and let everybody get you involved in their conversation. And You know, you go into workplace and want to love everybody. 
You understand what I'm saying? You pray a prayer before you get in there. God, if there's anybody in here that's carrying something that you don't want on me, you keep them so far away from me that they don't, I don't even know they're here. Don't let them breathe around me. you got to pray prayers like that. I remember back in the day we were so insecure. We had to win all the loss. We had to make sure we didn't turn anybody off that was a sinner. No, keep them away from me. I changed, I changed my mind. Bring to me people you want in my life. I can help them. I'm, I love to help people. You got me? But I'm not going to be polluted. I'm moral excellence. That's what I'm, that's going to be my add to. Virtue, it will be my add to. Amen? And so religion will tell us we have arrived. When you've arrived, you call the shots and not God. So we begin to diminish our obligation to God in such a way that he no longer has control, but we do. So God's not really calling the shots in your life. Now religion will have you play in there. You go a little bit, you do a little bit. You go a little bit, you do a little bit. But you're not all in. You got me? People who are all in have faith and confidence in what they're all into. You should have such confidence in God that you don't want anything unless he brings it to you. You don't want to get involved in anything that he's not going to bless. You know what? That's why I don't go a lot of places. I don't make up cards and put on the website, if you want Reverend Williams to come preach, pray, is what I say. You better pray first. (laughs) I've been known to shut down some places. I'm the person that goes and never gets invited back again. You got me? See? Y'all, got, y'all was getting all offended. I'm not offended. Huh? Because I know why God sends me there. For truth. Not everybody wants truth. They look at your picture. She's such a nice looking lady. We should have her come. Yeah, you should. <laughs> but pray first. Huh? There's a lady that had me come one time. She wants to. She wants me back, but she doesn't. I'm not upset. She loves me. She hates me. She loves me. She loves me. She can go ten years loving her, hating her. Huh? But when I get there, I'll do what God tells me to do. Huh? That atmosphere was a hot mess when I got there. Right, Chuck? The girl had to do what the girl did. Huh? The sound system, the demons was in the sound system and and everything. And I was sweating and carrying. I said, wait a minute. Stop the music. I said, anybody here can pray in tongues? A few hands went. I said, you pray in tongues. The rest of y'all, open your mouths. We're going to get these devils out of here. There's devils in here. So that's why they love me. They hate me. They love me. They hate me. Might have me back. Might not. Figure it out. Add to your faith virtue and knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. you got to have self-control to stay in the add to mode. Because if you don't, you'll bounce yourself out. You get so sick of God doing stuff and requiring stuff and telling you get up and, and worship me and don't go to don't get out that door until you honor me and, and love me and show me something today. You get sick of your ad too. So you gotta have discipline to stay in this. Because how many times have we gotten up getting up at five to worship God? Eve? 
lasted two weeks, tops for most people, one week. And so when we talk about self-control, that means you're going to stay in there. No, devil, you're not moving me out of this sacred place. I'm staying in here because God, God's got something for me in here. Patience and goodliness, godliness, brotherly kindness and charity. Those are fruit of the Spirit, folks. We got to add to our faith because your faith won't work without love. It's crippled without you doing some action of love to help somebody. It's not going to be much. It's just faith sitting by itself. That's why people got it in their pocket when they come to the altar. Can't get healed because you trying to figure out if God's going to do something. Faith doesn't ask God if nothing. It expects God to do something. That's the least you can do when you get up there. We put our faith in our pocket because we're in a bad mood. We don't want to. We don't want to. Oh, my gosh. She's going to sit up there and say the same thing over and over and over again. And yeah, until you get it. Until you get it. I'm saying different stuff. That's just all you hear. Because <laughs> that's all you hear for. Is get that straightened out. Huh? Get that straightened out. Get it straightened out. Because God has so much for us. This world, uh, if you look at the news, you don't even like this world. People are so hateful and evil, and it ain't all President Trump either. You know, people want to say, it's him, it's him. No, <laughs> he's doing his part, and I don't blame him. Anybody talked about you 24-7? Huh? We pray for him. God, well, I pray for Obama too. I don't just pray party. You understand? You pray for all of them. But you know what God told us to call him in the spirit? He said, call him Teflon Don. Huh? We called him that during the, the campaign. He said, because none of these accusations are going to stick to him. They're going to try to run him out of office, and it's not going to happen. He said, you, you pray for people to withstand. Amen? Pray for your brothers and sisters in the Lord to withstand persecution. We're all being persecuted for different things. But I'm telling you, when the dust settles, people are going to be real shook up when they find out what was about to happen to this country and God stopped it. You mark my words. Amen. Why don't we quit? Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to come.